0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Jeremy Vest, and we're going to explore how to sell with video. By the way, if you want to reach me, go ahead and email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like me, a fellow human, then I know that you face fears that get in the way of your marketing success. Do you ever wonder why some social media marketers seem to take risks, try all the new things, and reap the rewards more easily? What if there was something you could do to overcome the very obstacles that are holding you back as a marketer? By the time you finish listening to my words here, you'll know how to overcome those fears, and then you'll have a choice to make. But first, let me share a little story about something that held me, Michael Stelzner, back. I almost didn't start something huge. The year was 2011. I was keynoting a brand new conference, and that's when it happened. I got the bug to start my very own event, and I thought to myself, just maybe I can do something like this. As the founder of Social Media Examiner, I had this very unique advantage a very large and loyal following. Thank you. But when I began talking out the idea with those who put on fellow events, I noticed that three things happened. Number one, I became acutely aware that I might fail. There was a really big chance that I could break my track record of success and look like a complete fool publicly. Number two, my peers might hate me. I almost immediately was pressured not to do a conference on my own, but rather partner with those who were already successful. Number three, I'd have to commit. If I were to start an event, it meant a major investment of time and resources. So in just a few weeks, I went from complete elation to utter disillusionment. I was so convinced that important players in the industry would reject me that I actually sat on my idea for a full year to prove my loyalty to them. I kind of felt like the guy on those reality TV shows, you know, the one that has the immunity idol, but gives it up to prove his loyalty only to be kicked off the island. I let the fear of rejection, failure, and commitment hold me back from starting social media marketing world. But that all changed in 2013. So how did I overcome these huge barriers? Eleanor Roosevelt said, quote, you gain strength, courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. I simply realize that fear always looks a lot bigger than it really is. If you really want to excel in your marketing, it's important to understand the following three things. Number one, failure is the path to mastery. Dale Carnegie said, if you want to conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it, go out and get busy. Yoda said it best, do or do not, there is no try. Number two, rejection meets you on the path to success. Quote, rejection is nothing more than a necessary step in the pursuit of success, said Bo Bennett. Sylvester Stallone said, Quote, I take rejection as someone blowing a bugle in my ear to wake me up and get me going rather than retreat. Number three, commitment is what gets you through it all. The only limit to your impact is your imagination and commitment, said Tony Robbins. Howard Schultz said, quote, when you're surrounded by people who share a passionate commitment around a common purpose, anything is possible. Thus, to succeed in marketing, Facing failure is your only option. You will face rejection along the way, but your commitment to seeing your ideas through is what will empower your ultimate success. Is there something you need to try or master? Facebook ads, live video, analytics. Are you concerned it might not work? Maybe your peers or your boss might reject your ideas. Is the investment in developing yourself being blocked by a fear of commitment? Maybe, just maybe, an investment in your social media marketing development is just what you need. And now for this week's brand new discovery.
1: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip.
0: This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did
1: you find, Eric? This week, I found a really awesome tool called Character Count Online dot com.
0: CharacterConOnline.com. Okay. Tell me, it sounds like I can figure it out, but what does it do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds pretty obvious. What it does and does way more than just this is drop, you go there to that URL and you drop a large chunk of text in, and it's going to tell you how many characters that that section of text has. And what... Why this is handy is because there are certain social posts or certain messaging apps or whatever that only have a certain amount of characters you're allowed to use. Like, obviously, Twitter's 140, but I'm talking way more than that. I'm like talking
0: Instagram, right?
1: Yes, I'm talking like Instagram captions. If you want to put like a mini blog post in, it's two it's two thousand two hundred, and I think it's very similar. It's like two thousand or just over twenty five hundred, maybe. I'm not getting it exactly right because I didn't think to look it up. But LinkedIn messages, in terms of sending a message out to an entire LinkedIn group, Mm. is another great example where I've needed this tool, and so. This is really helpful because then you can craft your message, try not to lose the meaning but compress it into that character count. What's cool also is it gives you the amount of words, the number of sentences, paragraphs, etc., but also below the text, it then lists out all the different words you used and gives you a, a number for each time you use that word, as well as like a percentage of the amount of uh, So, so if you've overused a text.
0: word, it'll kind of highlight it for you, huh?
1: Exactly. So it'll say, so if you're like, whoa, I'm saying the word uh, marketing a lot in this text, maybe I ought to back off on that or, cool. you know, d- it, just in case you're wanting to check your your grammar and your percentage and your your writing style sort of. So I'd so. imagine
0: you just, is it copy and paste? Is it free?
1: Yeah, it's copy and paste. It's totally free. Uh, Again, it's charactercountonline.com. It's a quick, easy, lightweight tool to help you with your social writing.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Jeremy Vest
1: helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: This week, I'm excited to be joined by Jeremy Vest. If you don't know who Jeremy is, he's the founder of VidPow, a YouTube certified agency for big brands and channels, including Hewlett Packard, Funimation, and ServiceMaster. He also created Adobe Television, a video training site for Adobe, and he's the host of the Tube Talk podcast. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. So today, Jeremy and I are going to explore how to use video to market and sell your products on YouTube and on Facebook. So Jeremy, I would love to hear your story. How did you get into video? Tell us.
2: Sure. So about 2005, 2006, I was a art director for a company I've been doing web design and online marketing since 1998, so I am pretty old. (laughs) And I really love teaching. I taught uh, web design and graphic design and marketing classes at the college level for a few years. And what really inspired me is when the internet bandwidth got good enough to actually start doing online videos and courses. And when YouTube came out. I realized I could teach a whole lot more than just one person or a class online. So that inspired me to create X Train, was a Lynda.com style training company, and the rest is history. We I met I Justine and just started getting into
0: YouTube um, since basically day one of YouTube. Wow. How? What? What? what when was day one of you? Just out of curiosity, what year was that? I think
2: it's. I think it was two
0: thousand five or six. Got it. I believe that's crazy to think it's only about eleven years old or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so fast forward a little bit in the story and tell us more about what you what you did over the years and what you're doing now.
2: Yeah. So I have created about two hundred websites since nineteen ninety eight, and when I was really getting into web websites, I was like, you know what is more important to me is how people convert and how the conversion process works and then how to market them. So I've kind of been at that that level of of marketer from conversion scientist to web designer to graphic designer. And I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to take every discipline of marketing and, and have a job in that. So I did that up until about, about four years ago when I started VidPal. And it was really cool because... You can do a lot of things. I can I can create a website. I can do SEO. I can do the paid side of media. I can run a camera, and uh, sh- shoot and edit videos. So that was that was a really neat experience to kind of get to know
0: marketing uh, intimately in
2: all the aspects of it.
0: So tell us what you do at VidPow. What what does VidPow do exactly?
2: So VidPow helps brands. A lot of what we do is we help the strategy of brands creating videos you know anyone a monkey can turn on a camera but it's actually extremely difficult for brands to have effective videos that actually work for what they want you know most brands just don't do that well on video and the the number one reason is because brands don't have a personality Mm. you know like a 14 year old beauty vlogger may have a billion views on youtube because people get used to her personality and they want to see what she has to say a brand, in general, doesn't have that personality. And especially on YouTube, it's kind of the extreme reality television. People do not want polish. They do not, in general, want to be sold. So having that personality is the biggest problem brands face. We help brands understand this weird universe and how to navigate it. And we've actually got our customers over a billion organic views in the last four
0: years. Wow. Awesome. All right. That's a great transition towards um, discussing how to sell with video. Let's start with um, what are some of the misconceptions that you find your customers have when you first start talking to them about how to sell with video?
2: In my opinion, the, the number one misconception of selling with video is is brands and people think, I'm going to create a video, I'm going to send people to a landing page, and then they're going to purchase. Hmm. That does not happen most of the time. Even in the most viral videos and even in some of the best-selling videos on the planet, um, typically what happens is once someone lands on the landing page – you then go into the remarketing process. You may or may not have given your email address, so you may be emailed. Um, but we found a minimum of seven and a maximum of about 21 times before uh, people need to see your, whether it's an email or your website or social media ads, it, you know, 15, 20 times before they're actually going to take the next level.
0: So what I hear you saying is that a lot of marketers just assume if they create a great video, that alone will help them sell their product. I mean, that's, that's really what I hear you saying. Is that right?
2: Exactly. And that is what most people think. And when we either help
0: create an awesome
2: ad or someone creates an ad and we help with the strategy behind that, the first thing that happens is, why, is, you know, why aren't sales just ringing off the hook right now? What's happening? And then we have to explain, well, this isn't, you know, there's no magic pill to take to sell stuff. But if you think about video, its truest form, it if a picture's worth a thousand words, what's a video worth? You know, text is great, pictures are great. In my humble opinion, I think video has the highest capacity to show emotion. So showing your product or service with the video seems like it's going to sell better. In fact, in my opinion, I think it sells the best of any marketing in the world besides in person because you, you can demonstrate.
0: You know what's fascinating about, I I, st- I want to circle back to what you said about how a video loan does not sell. It kind of, you know, getting a video that quote unquote goes viral or has lots of views reminds me of uh A blog post that you might have on your website that is optimized for search and gets lots of page views. And a lot of times there's this misconception that if this particular blog post gets lots of page views, our business will be set. And I'll share a little story. We were uh, number one for the phrase Instagram apps for years. And we would get tons and tons and tons of traffic to this one article that we wrote literally years ago about Instagram apps. And it wasn't until we started actually looking at what happens to that traffic. And what was happening to that traffic is it was not converting at all. As a matter of fact, it was the worst converting article of all the articles on our website. So even though it had lots of views, it wasn't actually doing anything for business. It was almost leading to none of the business objectives that we cared about. And I'm wondering if there is a correlation between lots of people watching my video. Um, It doesn't necessarily correlate to sales, does it?
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's a good point. I like that. And and it's possible that page could have been pulling down your entire website if you had that many views on it. It's possible that the, you know, session duration and things were lower. It's the same concept with video. If, especially on YouTube, people aren't watching a lot of your video or you're getting the wrong audience to your video, they're not going to watch very long. Um, you know, they're gonna bounce. And Believe it or not, on YouTube, the number one ranking algorithm is how long people watch your content. Mm. So if you get a lot of eyeballs, the wrong eyeballs to your video, or if your video is not engaging enough, you could actually harm your marketing and not help it.
0: Wow. So let's talk about the traits of more successful sales videos. And I know that you have analyzed some of the most successful sales videos on the planet, and you've really kind of wrapped your brain around what are, the, what are the traits, what are the commonalities that seem to be present in these videos that seem to perform really well. Can you share with us some of that? Sure. The, the biggest trait on
2: Facebook and YouTube and Instagram is the first five seconds has to be weird. As Seth Godin puts it, it has to be the purple cow. Huh. So if you have a great video or a good video, On YouTube or Facebook, odds are most people won't even watch it. The average view duration on Facebook video is six seconds. So (laughs) it's pretty crazy to think, you know, a whole company is is touting how awesome they are at video, and their average view duration is six seconds long. So you only have a few seconds to engage someone and and basically Tell their brain to keep on
0: watching and
2: engaging with what you have to
0: do. Let's let's dig in on this. What are some of the, what are some of the more creative things that you've seen people do in the first five seconds to create their "quote unquote" purple cow?
2: One of my favorite um, Daryl Leaves and the Harmon Brothers created this uh, <laughs>
0: this pooping
2: unicorn. <laughs> it's squatty called the Squatty potty. potty. Yep. And in the first five seconds, you see a unicorn pooping sherbet ice cream. So, (laughs) you know, that you can't really get that out of your head. And, uh, you know, you don't have to always be that insane or that funny or that weird. But just getting a visual, a weird visual is very interesting. Another one is Fiber Fix. They have a guy that's basically like, what if you, you know, wrap this roll cage um, around a car and Drove it off the cliff, what would happen? So, you see in the first five seconds a car about to drive off a cliff. And, you know, our brains love mystery and we want to see more. What's next? And then we actually end up, because it's so engaging and entertaining, we want to see that next second. You know, the average view duration for that video is through the roof because they just keep on teasing you with the next thing and the next thing. Um, so in the first five seconds, you just have to give someone a reason to keep on watching. Didn't Blendtec we,
0: didn't Blendtec do this kind of stuff in the early days too? Do you know yeah, that, they
2: kind of invented a lot of it.
0: Yeah, because they would take Will like it a blend? yeah, exactly. They would take like a cell phone and blend it up, and then they, and then you'd watch it because you couldn't believe how crazy it was, right? <laughs> exactly,
2: and it doesn't have to be crazy. I mean, there's definitely ads we've done for flashlight companies and other that aren't. Insane. It's just like, why would you buy this flashlight? Right. You know, and and if someone's in the market, if we're targeting the right people at the right time, um, it they'll keep on watching it. But the trait for the first five seconds, I would say, would be emotion, raw emotion, whether that's, you know, comedy or getting someone to cry. Hmm. You know, the Sally Struthers commercials. You know, from like the eighties and nineties made everyone cry all the time. That, that's kind of the same concept. Just was was to, that the kids,
0: commercials for like kids that were starving in Africa or yeah, something like that? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So one of the traits is that the first five seconds really needs to grab you. What are some of the other traits of the most successful sales videos?
2: After that, it's typically setting up the problem. So you see this crazy thing, you're continuing to watch, and then the problem is described for squatty potty for example the problem was they're basically saying that humans don't poop at the right angle and it hurts it actually like they have scientific studies showing that it actually hurts people hmm. um so setting up the problem before you talk about your products or services you need you need to really understand people's pain why does anyone in the world care about a a squatty potty you know toilet seat <laughs> You know, so describing the problem would be, you know, all these videos have this formula um, that we've codified and, and kind of understood. So I would say describe the problem and then and only then would you describe the solution, which could be your product or maybe not. Maybe you're just describing, well, what if this was invented or, you know, the here's the problem here's our suggested solution. Maybe you show your product or service at that time. So that'd be the third part of this.
0: You know, it's fascinating about this. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but before I was in social media, I was in the white paper industry and I wrote a book called writing white papers. And I laid out an art, I laid out a philosophy of persuasion inside of the white paper uh, model. And it was always to start with a problem. And then it was to back the problem up with data and research, and uh, and try to create a problem that resonated with a very specific audience, and and then uh, instead of saying what the solution, instead of saying that the solution to the problem is your product. Instead, we would say that the solution to the problem was this kind of a product. So we, right. would, we would come up with a label for it. So in the case of Squatty Potty, maybe you would call it like assisted, whatever products, you know. Um, and and then we would talk about here's what to look for when looking for this kind of a product. And we would identify like five or six things that are distinctly unique to out uh, to the company that I was writing this for. So that if someone was to use this checklist. The only obvious solution would be the the company that I was writing for. And then at the very end, we would say, um, here is the company that meets all of these requirements. And if you want to contact us, contact us. It sounds fascinatingly similar to the model that we're talking about right here.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the model that this formula came from was uh, infomercials. Infomercials did really, really well. Hmm. And... um This, a lot of people call this the power sales formula. There's a lot of different takes on this process. Uh, But if you look at any successful marketing, I would say nine times out of 10, like 60, 70% of this process is very similar.
0: Interesting. So when we're setting up the problem, what recommendations do you have? How can we do that in video?
2: The biggest thing I would say about setting up the problem is only sell products with video that that makes sense. If you're a funeral home, this is gonna be a tough, tough gig (laughs) for you. Um you could talk about the benefits of you know your funeral home, making it easy, payment plans. I'm sure there's a way to do it successfully. But one thing I would say is don't be a Me Too product. You know, if there's a thousand products on the market and you don't have any differentiating factors, um, video sales videos may not work for you unless it's just a price thing or, uh, the right time at the right place, you know, thing. So having a problem that is a real problem for a group of people that really do need a solution. I think most, uh, entrepreneurs don't vet this enough. A lot of people have phenomenal ideas, but yet no one wants to pay for it.
0: So, so let's, talk about the pro- let's talk about either one of your clients or one of these higher profile examples of the problem and how they kind of addressed it, just so people can kind of draw a picture in their mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we worked with a company called HyperX, and we did a viral video for the HyperX Cloud Stinger headphones. The problem was the simple fact that gaming headphones are very expensive, and we demonstrated this in a lot of different ways, and the solution was they created a really really unbelievably great pair of headphones for forty nine dollars and honestly, people did not believe it they would I would literally have to put headphones on someone's ears and turn on music for them to believe how phenomenal these inexpensive
0: headphones were so did you film people doing that, or how did you convey that on video?
2: We did yeah, on the the final video, we just had a lot of antidotes and and the misconceptions, and we made fun of a lot of the the situations um, where people didn't believe. You know, we literally called out. I know you won't believe this is only forty nine dollars, right? Um, things like that, just making it very obvious.
0: Now, um, how long should we spend focusing on the pro- first of all? How long are these videos? I mean, what's the range of time that we're talking about for these kinds of videos?
2: These videos range from thirty seconds to five minutes long.
0: So how much okay. what percentage of it are we spending on the problem?
2: I would say the problem is typically between fifteen seconds and forty seconds. So about, you know, if if the average sales video is around three minutes, you're you know, you're not spending that much time on it. You're spending, you know, about Thirty seconds of that.
0: So, is it super high, fast, boom, 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 boom? Can you relate to these problems? This, 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 and this kind of thing, and then you just move right into the solution.
2: It's very fast-paced. Uh, the camera angles typically move between three and every three and seven seconds. There's another, just boom, boom, got, got boom. Got it. it. Happens that fast.
0: So, and that's ahead.
2: because people have zero attention span on YouTube.
0: Now, once you've getting once you've gotten past the problem. Presumably, the people that have stuck around are resonating with the problem, and those that are not have abandoned the video by this point. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. And typically, at this point, we're at about 30 to 50 seconds, and that's where we want people to be. We actually want people that are not interested in the problem to leave sooner than later for several reasons. On YouTube, if you're doing a pre-roll ad, and if it's longer than 30 seconds, you're actually getting a free impression if they leave before the 30-second
0: mark. Got it. So, so do you, do you, fl- really do you flat out lot. say, hey, if you can't relate to this, move along?
2: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done a lot of commercials where we're like, this product's for moms with toddlers. If you're not that person, please move on. We've literally done that before.
0: Huh. Okay. So um, let's presume we've had a good opening with – taps into some emotions and we've set the problem up pretty quickly and the person has stuck and then we move now into the describing of the solution is this the remainder of the video is there a bunch of little sub segments that go into this area
2: yeah so the next part of it is is describing the solution typically in direct uh marketing and you know infomercial style marketing we we do explain the exact product, introducing the HyperX Cloud Stinger headphones. And then we go into, we call it the, I call it the benefit sandwich. Basically what we do is we show a benefit and then we do an emotion. We show a benefit and then we do emotion. And a lot of these videos, the emotion is humor. So in the HyperX Cloud Stinger ad, for example, we did just a silly joke or a bad meme that people just shook their head at in between each benefit. Huh. And what this does is from a psychological perspective, it just breaks it up to where it's not just a complete sales ad, but it's a funny sales ad. So it's like, here's the benefit, here's here's the joke, here's benefit, here's the joke. After that, then you get into um, social proof. So, you know, talking about uh, this this item was featured on Ellen or, you know, featured in the Wall Street Journal and then get into to the particular place of the HyperX Cloud Stinger. We talked about hundreds of gaming teams that used their software or their hardware. And, you know, so we went into the social proof of it. So if you're still watching after like two minutes and we're going into all the benefits of these headphones, we know that we know like, hey. They may be serious. They also may just be watching this video because it's funny, but they may be serious. So now what we're going to do is we're going to start giving social proof of, hey, we're the real deal. Um, Here's all the teams and the famous gamers that like our products, and then just keep on going from there. After that, we then get into the actual offer and the call to action.
0: Okay, so talk about the offer and the call to action. What, what do you typically do there?
2: So typically we don't put price in an actual video because we want it to be evergreen. We want this video to work two, three years from now. Um, sometimes the customer wants pricing and we can't avoid that. Um the good news is we have to reshoot a video usually because the pricing is completely different two years later, <laughs> right. but we, we, enc- we definitely encourage never to physically put the price there. Um, what we're typically doing is just driving people to a landing page, just encouraging them to go learn more.
0: So when you say the offer versus the call to action, what's the difference? The offer would be like a special sale going on and then the call to action would be go here now to register or something
2: right right sometimes there's an offer in the in the video sometimes we refer you know we reserve that just for the landing page it just depends on the video and the timeliness of it for example uh we've done a lot of movie uh and sometimes in select cities there's you can watch a, a movie before it comes out in the theaters so for that particular the offer may be you know come see this movie before it comes in theaters and they have the dates and you know, the exact specifications of the offer. You may get one or two tickets for free. Right. Um, and then the call to action would be to go to this website or click the I above to click on the card to get to the website or click below in the description, um, to actually physically go f- purchase the tickets.
0: Now, at the top of this interview, you said one of the biggest misconceptions is that simply creating one video alone will not necessarily sell um, the product. So let's talk about the magic of remarketing and all the things that you do, presumably after someone has watched this video, because as you mentioned, it's going to require more than one, one touch point, right?
2: Absolutely. And another interesting thing about this is I'm talking about sending people to a landing page to go purchase tickets. But at the top of, you know, the top of this podcast, like you said, I'm saying, Hey, it's going to take a long time. Right. What we've found for these type of videos is to just spill the beans and tell people how much it costs and what the benefits are, um, why you should purchase it. Obviously having this, the problem and solution worked out. Um, they may they may go to the landing page, they may purchase, odds are they're not going to, but they're gonna remember all the, the s- specifics. So then you can target them on Facebook, you can target them on Instagram. People that have came to that landing page, you can target them, you know, on Google.com, you can target them on YouTube. And what we do is we call this a custom journey. So we start off the ads and the videos as more products and or, or excuse me, more benefits and reasons to purchase. And then a few days go on, if they haven't purchased, then we start getting into specific our offers. Like, you know, if you buy now you can save 23%. Click here. Hmm. Um and then we just keep on going and keep on going and and it's a really a branding thing for the first, you know, zero to ten or fifteen ads, uh, impressions. And then after people have seen those 10 or 15 ads, then we just start getting more and more call to action, more purchase now, giving people reasons to purchase. But ultimately, at the end of the day, people need to see your brand a whole lot before they'll have enough trust to actually go purchase your product.
0: So are you remarketing to people that watched a certain percentage of the YouTube and or Facebook video but did not click?
2: Typically, we we don't do that typically. If they've watched this video and that video, then we send them to another video or to an ad. So it, for a lot of the ways we do it is we actually like if they've done this and this, then they're going to get this next thing. So it really is it's almost like drip email marketing, you know, they have a right. path that they go down.
0: So if they've watched the video and visited the sales page, but they did not purchase, then they'll likely see something else. Is that what I hear you saying?
2: Exactly.
0: Now, w- when you follow up with a another ad, is it another video? Is it a still ad? W- what are you doing with remarketing?
2: Typically, it's very com- complicated. A lot of the times we'll break up that main ad, the top of the funnel video, you know, that started this journey and we'll do like the funny parts. Sometimes we'll have, you know, just images that really get into the offer. Sometimes the image may be animated to have the price come in because we all know you, you know, or most of us believe that videos work better on Facebook uh than text and images. So we experiment. We do t- literally hundreds of multivariant tests for most of these big commercials we,
0: we shoot. Wow. Um, for the person listening right now who – oh, by the way, with Squatty Potty, did they – going back to your model, which is raw emotion, setting up the problem, describing the solution. They cycled that through a couple of times, didn't they? They had a longer video, and I think, I think they actually – it was almost like an infomercial where they were constantly um, – cycling through a process for people that were continuing to watch the video, right?
2: I yeah. Know. The Harmon Brothers always multivariant test. They're, they're a masters at that. And, you know, they had tons and tons of, of versions before they went live with this. Got it. So they learned what people responded to the
0: best. For someone who doesn't have the big budgets, can they do something like this with, you know, basically just a smartphone and cre- yeah. create this kind of stuff? Why don't, you, why don't you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I really believe any brand, any company can do this. If you're a, if you have a physical location, so I live in Dallas. So if I had a sports memorabilia company in Dallas, Texas, um, I believe that we could easily target people that like similar interests, you know, similar pages, people that are into sports stuff. Um, I believe that we could create a commercial with an iPhone. When you do create Kind of low-end videos. Just remember two things: eyes and audio. Those are really the only important things when it comes to quality on a video. I mean, obviously, a cat—almost er, every cat video ever made—is going to beat all the videos we make, you know, from a marketing perspective. So, low-quality videos don't mean that much as far as conversion and views and subscribers on on YouTube. But people do not tolerate. Not being able to see someone else's eyes. It's a, you know.
0: So what, what do you it, mean by that? Just for those of us that don't totally understand what you mean by that.
2: So so what I mean is it could be several things. If, if you have a really wide shot and you barely, you know, like from the knees all the way up to the head, um, that's a really, really wide shot. People aren't going to necessarily be able to see and subconsciously trust um, the person talking. Mm -hmm. So if you're close to the camera, if your head and your eyeballs are close to the camera, subconsciously people are going to feel – at more at ease to trust that person, it's because also, you want to know
0: why, by the way, because I mean some of the psychology sure? here is that people can read the nonverbals in people's eyes, and if Absolutely. the eyes are moving around a lot or you know then they don't really believe what they're saying or they're looking in the wrong direction, so being able to see someone's eyes is just like a salesperson you know you, you think of the used car salesperson wearing the reflective sunglasses in the lot, you know you don't know if you can trust them or not. Right. So if you can see their eyes and maybe you can establish a little bit of rapport and trust. Right.
2: And and this whole video is about establishing rapport and trust. And, and yeah, absolutely. And another thing is a lot of people, if your face isn't lit correctly, seeing eyes up close, but with shadows literally make you look shady. Mm. You know, if you look at all the uh, mob movies and stuff, all like the shady characters, their faces aren't lit very well. And it makes them look more sinister. So having opening a window and facing the window to have natural light coming in to hit your face is the easiest way to light um, someone and make sure that obviously they don't have like bags and shadows under their eyes.
0: And then as far as the audio goes, how do you recommend we deal with the audio, especially if we're using like a smartphone?
2: You can buy an adapter for about 5 to $10 for your phone that will plug almost any mic. Um, I typically use a Rode mic, um, but I would get a wireless or a, a lapel, a wired lapel that goes into your smartphone. You can get one from 30 to $80. Um, and I would also have the, um, actual iPhone or smartphone on a tripod. So it's not moving around.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I think I use a Rode smart lab or something. If that sounds familiar, I think it's about yeah. 60 bucks and it sounds great. And you can stick it on your shirt just below the camera, you know, and it will still sound really, really awesome. Wow. Well, Jeremy, if people wanna discover more about what you're doing over at VidPOW and your podcast and and maybe check out some of your work, where would they find more about you?
2: They could go to vidpal.com. They can also on social media a uh, bam uh anywhere. And we have we have all kinds of stuff coming on. So feel free to come
0: check us out. Jeremy Vest, vidpow.com, also host of the Tube Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your awesome wisdom and insight with us. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I almost created a new word there. (laughs) (laughs) Winsight. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If you missed any of the notes, don't worry. We take them all for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 264. Also... Hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast. Do not ever miss a future episode. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, the fast-talking Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smarketingsociety.com to find out more.